All right, guys. Um, <clears throat> go ahead and take a picture. You want to hold that up? Take a picture of that, and you can pray for it during the week. And uh, if anybody wouldn't mind, go ahead and send a copy to me. And as she's doing that, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our message here. Um, I didn't. Hey, I didn't. I didn't call her out today. I didn't. Yes, you did. I didn't. No, no. I promise you, it was coached. Okay. Um, so, all right. So here's what we're gonna do today. Today, uh, it was. Well, a couple weeks ago, we said, what are some of the things that you look at in Scripture and you go, no, 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 no. Whether it's you don't like it, you don't agree with it, or maybe you don't understand it. And one of the things was, I think Joey had pointed out, you know, what's the deal with people wearing different, it says you can't wear different threads, right? You can't have a, a lycra and cotton outfit, right? How many of us are wearing something with two threads today? Anybody? I probably am. I think... I think the coat qualifies as that, right? So apparently that's against the Old Testament law, and uh, we don't care about that anymore. Why, why is that? Um, so what I want to do today is take a look at that, and if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Leviticus 19, and as you're doing that, we're going to just kind of, I want to give you an overview of the law itself, okay? So if you can hang with me for maybe five, ten minutes, I want to kind of break down the law to you. Don't get bored, because it's boring, okay? But don't get bored. Jerry, come on, hang with me, man. Um, first of all, what's the point of the law, okay? What's the point of the law? The law was created so that Israel would know how to relate and worship to the one true God. Um, it, it's, it's very simple, because they were looking at God, and he was revealing himself as a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke during the day. How do you relate to that? That's crazy. How do you approach that? And so <clears throat> he created the law. There's three types of categories of laws. Please keep in mind, we are the ones who categorize the law. The law is the law to God, okay? But it helps us to understand God and, and that kind of thing. The first thing is the moral law. The moral law, its purpose was to promote the welfare of those who obey, right? And these are ordinances, um, and, and they're holy, and they're just, and they're based on God's character. Um, the moral law encompasses regulations on justice and respect and sexual conduct. It includes the Ten Commandments, right? The moral law do doesn't point people to Christ as much as it illuminates our sin. Does that make sense? It points out the fallen state of all mankind. Now, <clears throat> Jesus has fulfilled the law, all the law, but he definitely points out that he fulfills this in Matthew 5, 17. He says, I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, right? So, so often we, we look at the law and we say, oh, that must not be something we do anymore. Well, it would be if Christ hadn't come. Now, you're going to get this at some point in your life. Somebody's going to say, wait, the Bible says that you've got to like, cut a cow in half and then walk through it in order to make an arrangement with somebody. Why don't we do that anymore? This message is going to help you answer that question. Okay? So, um, 
we are under, not under the law of, of the Old Testament anymore, but we are under the law of Christ, the law of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and all of the law falls under the statement of loving God and loving others. Matthew 22, 36, a guy walks up to Jesus and, and he says, you know, what's the greatest commandment? <clears throat> Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first commandment, the greatest commandment. He says, the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, everything hangs on those two commandments. Okay? So, uh, we need to understand that. Many of the moral laws, even though they're fulfilled, still give us an excellent example of what we are to follow and how we're to follow God. Okay? Anybody, the moral laws, the Ten Commandments, anybody here think we should murder anybody? No! Right? <laughs> Settle down. Um, we talked about that last week. We actually confessed. Nobody needs to, you know, right? Don't murder people. That's a good thing, right? Um, so the moral laws give this excellent example of how to love God. But here's the thing. Just because we're not under the law anymore, it doesn't mean that we have freedom to just go sin and do whatever we want. It is Mardi Gras time, Okay. There's no reason that we need to be going out and getting involved in the debauchery. St. Charles Avenue is family-friendly, right? We need to make sure we understand we represent Christ, right? It's, this is a crazy time in New Orleans. We're going to have a lot of people come into town. You're going to have a lot of people say, come over and let's go down to the quarter and let's go over here. And there's stuff going on in the quarter. Listen, I'm sure you've seen it all before. You don't need to see it again. Protect your heart. Protect your mind, okay? Um, ceremonial laws. The huckum, the chukka is what it's called, right? I like saying that, huckum and chukka. Um, <laughs> we have any more kids? <laughs> huckum and, twins, huckum and chukka. <laughs> yeah. It literally means the custom of the nation, okay? Uh, these are statutes, right? These statutes... Focus our attention on God. These are things like sacrifices, uh, ceremony, ceremonies regarding uncleanliness, feasts and festivals, dietary restrictions, clothing restrictions, Sabbath, circumcision, Passover, all of these things, okay? Christians are not bound by the ceremonial law. Um, since the church is not the nation of Israel, memorial festivals such as the Feast of Weeks, the Passover, all of these things, they don't apply to us. It's still good. It's still great for us to know and understand why they're there and what the purpose is. But we as Christians are not required to sacrifice because the final sacrifice has been given for us in Jesus. Okay? And then there's the judicial and the civil law. These are laws specifically given for the culture and the place of the Israelites. Okay? So this will include something like murder. Because murder will, there's a lot of laws that will cross the lines between these categories, okay? Murder is a Ten Commandment, one of the Ten Commandments, but it's also a civil judicial law. We have it in our laws ourselves, right? So there's also things like restitution for a man who's gored by an ox, because apparently this happened a lot in this time, right? Only time it happens now is at the running of the bulls, right? Is that, where is that, at Spain? Is that something like that? Yeah, so... In the French Quarter. In the, oh, yeah. In the quarter when everybody dresses up and hits each other with bats. Only in New Orleans can you assault somebody legally, right? This is fantastic. Um, 
What? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't, can't say it. All right. So, so this is the division of the Jewish law into different categories. It's a human construct. It's designed so that we can better understand God and define which laws we really should follow as Christ followers. But here's what we need to understand. All law is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. We need to understand that. Because just because we're not bound by it doesn't mean we cannot study it and understand it. And nothing in the Bible indicates that God shows this distinction of, of categories, but Christians are not under the law. In fact, Romans 10, 4 says Christ is the end of the law because he's fulfilled it so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Because again, the law did not save us. It just pointed out our sin. Christ saves us and gives us that righteousness. So let me give you another example of a crossover law, the Sabbath. Okay? We need to take the Sabbath importantly. I know some of us are workaholics, right? And we, we say, I'm not going to work, I'm not going to work. I'm one of these guys because I've got, I do all my messages on my phone. Siri has changed my world. I can talk to her. She writes my messages down for me. It is fantastic. Um, so I tend to get just ideas, and we should do this. My messages are like 16, 20 pages long, and I've got to whittle them down to four or six pages. Right? It's because i got all these crazy ideas, and then Lee will tell me, that is ridiculous. Don't even try that. You know? And I'm like, oh, it can work. She's like, it will not work. Right? <laughs> and then I'll come in here, and the band, will, and I'll say something, and they'll be like, oh. And they give me this look like, don't do that. You're going to embarrass yourself. Right? So I whittle it down, whittle it down, and then other people whittle it down for me. But the Sabbath is so important. I got, got off track here. The Sabbath is so important because I want to write stuff down. And I want to work on my, my day off is Tuesday because this is a work day for me. Um, this may be your Sabbath. The Sabbath is meant and was a ceremonial law, but its inclusion in the Ten Commandments gives it the weight of moral law. right? And then the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, you need to rest. <coughs> And at some point, if you don't rest your body, God will allow your body to break down and say, you need to rest, right? And then we find it in the New Testament, backing it up, saying, you need to rest, right? You got people looking at each other. <laughs> Here's what I want to do in the next few minutes. Leviticus 19 has some crazy stuff in it. So, I want you to call out a number 3 through 35, not 20, 21, or 22. We're going to talk about that in a minute. 3 through 35, and let's discuss them. Let me give you kind of the background of what's going on. It says it in the, in the verses itself, 1 and 2. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holiness is God's quintessential quality. Only He is holy. Only he is exalted. Only he is awesome in power. Only he is glorious in appearance. Only he is completely pure. And God's holiness is contagious. Whenever he goes somewhere um, in scripture, that place is holy. When, he, when Moses got a glimpse of him, he came down and he was glowing. His, he was holy, right? It just it wears off on us. And so Israel's to go and represent Yahweh on earth. And the law gives direction and instruction on how to do that. Now, 
Somebody throw out a number, 3 through 35, not 20, 21, or 22. Eight. Eight. Here we go. Number eight is whoever eats. Okay, well, let's back up a little bit because this is five through eight. It says, when you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. You want your sacrifice accepted, right, by God. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because he has desecrated what is holy to the Lord. That person must be cut off from his people. Wow, you're cut off from your people for eating three-day-old meat, right? Let's take context here. Let's take context. There's some practical things here. There's no refrigeration, right? And salt only lasts so long. You're going to mess yourself up pretty bad. You, ate three day, you eat three-day-old meat here. And when you do that, you become unclean, okay? You understand. It's, it's not good because this is a ceremonial law. And if, the more important thing is if you offer a sacrifice, you want God to accept it. Anybody ever re-gifted something? Right? You didn't, you didn't accept that offering to you, that gift to you, did you? Right? And you don't want God to be mad at you. You want God's favor on you. And these were, these were some of the rules, one of the rules that they had. What else? What's another one? 28. 28. Here we go. Oh, dear. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Y'all want to read this and take it in before I read it? Do not cut your bodies for the dead. We get that. Or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Everybody show me your ankles. Come on. Who's got what? That's right. You're all sinners. Let's move on. Next number. No. This is, this is a ceremonial law, uh, excuse me, a moral law, but it is also a ceremonial law. God created the body, and it is his marvelous creation. Look at, look at all the different people in this room. Nobody is alike unless you're a twin, and even then they're different. Right, Ashley? Yes. yes. Ashley's got a twin. Right? So, um, so God creates this amazing, cre wonderful creation, and he wants us to keep the body whole. Cutting and tattooing and painting the body were pagan practices during this time. And they were done to ward off spirits of the dead. And they served as a sign that you belong to a certain cult. Now, you can have somebody like David who has a tattoo. Can you show us? Don't you have a tattoo of the cross or something? Yeah, I'm not going to punch. Oh, it's, it's on your upper arm. I thought it was on your forearm. That would show that you are aligned with Christ, hopefully. Right? That's what, that's what we hope that means. And with David, we know that that's what that means. Now, um, I would still encourage you to think and pray long and hard about what you are doing. It is permanent. And what it says is permanent. And that's what, what this law is saying. You need to understand. And, you, and he says, notice at the end, he says, I am the Lord. You are trying to reflect God's holiness with your body. Right? He doesn't say, I'm the Lord at the end of all of these verses. Just a few. But he says, I am the Lord here. In other words, your body is holy. Because you have Christ inside of you. The Holy Spirit inside of you. Be holy. 
like God is holy. So think and pray long and hard. This is between you and, and, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what's, what's another one? 14. Here we go. Here we go. 14. Wish we had a wheel. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. I think wow. we can all be like, you know what? I get this, right? I'm not going to do this. I don't know if y'all saw this video. Go ahead and play that video, Josh. This is a kid beating up a blind kid. And then somebody comes in and tears him up. One punch, knocked him out, right? This is some high school somewhere, and I don't know what the website is. Don't go to that. I, I didn't check that out. Um, and I can't play the audio because it's going to be nothing but beats. So um, we get this. We, you stand up for the blind. You stand up for the deaf. You stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves, right? Um, go online and, and look, at, look at the media attention that was gotten from that uh, and the kid is blind in one eye and almost blind in this eye, and he's just getting beat by some, some idiot, right? And somebody comes and puts him down. That's when you go, <laughs> yeah, America, right? That's what you like. Give me another one. 19. 19. Oh, that's a good one. Keep my decrees. Do not make different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. And, and here we go, Joey. This one was what you pointed out a couple weeks ago. Do not wear clothing woven of two different kinds of material. Right? We're all sinners. Right? A liger is, is an <laughs> abomination. This is a real thing. This is a, it, is, it is a real thing. It is an abomination to God. Right? Somebody made it a lion and a tiger. Um, anybody ever had a pluot? A pluot? Yeah. It's an apricot and a plum put together? You'd have been cast out for uncleanliness wow, in this culture. Yummy. Right? Those things are delicious. Labradoodles? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're... It's crazy. Listen, listen. Hey, we wouldn't have Monsanto, though. Listen, listen, listen. Anything wrapped in bacon, okay. right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Look at go go to the next one. There are apparently <laughs> bacon gumballs out there. There is a company out there that will print your your name on a and make a business card out of bacon. I kid you not. I, I, I don't know where it's at. I couldn't find it. It's out there. I saw it once. Um, here's here's what's going on here. What, uh, which one? This was 19. Uh, this is basically for God's purity. Okay. This is for God to say, I am pure and I want you to be focused on purity. It is a moral and ceremonial law. It uh, is to prevent the blurring of different things. Notice what it doesn't say here. It doesn't say humans. Right? It says plants. It says animals. But it doesn't say... Oh, you know what? Mark and Laura, y'all can't get married, right? It doesn't say that. It's very clear. In fact, Abraham uh, is believed to be Middle Eastern, and, and his wife, Sarah, is believed to be black or African-American. I don't, I don't know what they called black back then. Well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, um, so <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Uh, so I don't want to hurt anybody. So, you know, I grew up in the South, and everybody was my friend. Um, so, 
This is, this is very important because it preserves the diversity in the created world and, and laws against mixing things contributed to the social consciousness of Israel that the holy was pure. And Jesus, through Peter, said it was okay to eat things like this now, bacon and not ligers, we don't want to eat ligers, but pluots and stuff like that, right? So it's very clear. Now, did anybody read verse 20? Let me read verse 20. Let me see if I can end this with shocking things here. Verse 20. If a man sleeps with a woman who is a slave girl promised to another man but who has not been ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment. Yet they are not to be put to death because she has not been freed. The man, however, must bring a ram to the entrance of the tent of meeting for a guilt offering to the Lord. With the ram of the guilt offering, the priest is to make atonement for him. Because the Lord, uh, before the Lord, for the sin he has committed, and his sin will be forgiven. Oh my goodness, right? I mean, if you're not going, huh, what? First of all, there's no mention of slavery's wrong. What's up with that? That's the first thing that came to your mind, right? The second thing is, did she just get raped? Is there, and, and he's, and where's his punishment? Right? Everybody take a breath. Let's back up. What do you think about when you think about slavery? Civil war. Civil war. Right? Yeah. Slavery. Uh, people owning other people outright. Right? Um, in Scripture, and, well, it, this is called man-stealing in Scripture. The Europeans, they went to Africa, they literally stole people, put them on ships, sailed across, and sold them to people who would then force them to work for free. That was called man-stealing. Scripture is very clear in Exodus 21, 16. Anyone who kidnaps another and either sells him or still has him when he is caught must be put to death. That's justice. God is very clear about this. But this is what we think of when we think of slavery, right? Now, slavery in Scripture was very different from this type of slavery. Slavery in Scripture was much more economic. How many of us have mortgages? We got a mortgage? We would probably all be slaves. Here's why. Slavery was economic, and, and if you wanted to buy, a, buy land, you couldn't go to Bank of America or Chase. There were no banks, right? You went to the guy, you said, I'd like to buy your land, but I'm, I'm short a little. And he would say, okay, give me what you have, and then you can work the rest off as my slave. That was one type of slavery. Some people would choose to enslave themselves just so they could have a meal, just so they could have a roof over their head. You, you hear about this with prisoners sometimes. They get out. The, the world kind of freaks them out. They don't know what to do. They can't handle it. So they commit a crime so they can go back to jail and have three meals a day and a roof over their head. It's not ideal. And this wasn't ideal. Nobody wanted to be in slavery. But slavery was much different during this time. Okay? Now, let's deal. Let's talk about the overarching context of this verse here, and that is adultery, part of the Ten Commandments, the Seventh Commandment. Specifically, it is sex with someone other than your spouse. 
This can be before or after you get married. I'm not trying to cast, you know, guilt or anything here. I'm just stating what Scripture says. The penalty for this was death. Deuteronomy in, the, in Deuteronomy 22, uh, skip 25, Josh, go to 23 and 24. It says that if you are, um, go to the next one. Yeah, I'm sorry. If, yeah, uh, right there, sorry. If a man happens to meet, a town, meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The girl, because she was in a town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, you must purge the evil from among you. Here's what this is saying. She did not scream. She was not trying to get out of it. That's the point here. I know what it kind of looks like, and you're like, wait a minute, but what if it's, you, you don't know the situation? But the point is that they're trying to make is, if it's consensual, death is what needs to be happening. Now, in the case of a rape, go back to verse 25. Um, it says, if, you, if you're out in the country, a man happens to be, meet a girl, plays me, rapes her, only the man who has done this shall die. That's justice. Right? Many of us probably feel the same way. If, that, if somebody does that, they should die. Right? That's a huge violation. Now, let's deal with what looks like rape here. Because it doesn't actually say that. If a man sleeps with a woman who is a slave girl, promised to another man, but who has not been <coughs> ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment. Yet they are not to be put to death because she has not been <coughs> free. Now, I don't claim to know all the details and all the nuances here because I, I was not in this culture. I looked and looked and looked for as much detail as I could because... I almost said, we're not, we're not going to be talking about the law after I read this verse. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this. I looked and looked and looked. This is as much detail as I could get into and find. I'm sure there's stuff out there, but I had you know, just a few days to do this. It appears that this is consensual. But neither of them are to be put to death because she is a slave for some reason. Now, I don't understand the details or why God has compassion in the case of a slave and not the free woman or free man. But here's what I know. It is for the honor of marriage that the crime should be punished, which is the ram, right? It is for the honor of marriage that the crime should be punished, but it's for the honor of freedom that it is not punished with death of their own. Here's what's awesome. The gospel of Christ shows no distinction. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gideon. Is that Gideon? He's having fun back there. The gospel of Christ knows no distinction. Remember, this is about God's holiness. And all of this is the reality that we are slaves to sin and we deserve death. But Christ took our sin away and he took our eternal death and now we are free. Now here's, uh, let me close. Because... All of this, all of the law points to love God and love others. And this is why it's so important for us to build our relationship with Christ. It's why it's so important for us to be spending time in Scripture, spending time in prayer so that we can get closer and closer and closer to the Holy Spirit so that He can guide us to do just that, to love God 
and to love others. Let me pray for us. Father, as we read and come across these laws, help us to know that there is a purpose, that we need to understand it better. And Father, help us to know which laws we are to follow. We know about the Ten Commandments, Father. We know that we are to follow those. But even some of these others, Father, teach us in our individual lives. Teach us on what we are to do, how we are to follow. Holy Spirit, may we be so close to you that it is evident what we are to do. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.